Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And I'm going to go first this week. And today I am into the limited edition Pete's Whole Bean Roast. I think I saw you post about this. Oh, I did, because I love it so much. Um, It is their lightest roast to date. Um, it is the single-origin Ethiopian Etiole blend, or not blend, because it is a single-origin, um, but uh, essentially it has a very, like, citrusy taste to it. Um, it has, like, you can you can actually smell the, the orange peels when you brew it. Um, I say that it, it is best uh, French-pressed. Uh, I've also I've done it both in slow drip and French press. I will say that you get the smoothest flavor from the French press, and I think that like you get a little, it gets a little bit bitter when you start doing the slow drip. Um, it's good both warm and cold, uh, and it's so delicious. Like uh, I can tell you, the the notes are it says it's brilliant citrus from delicate blossom to candied peel, uh, and it's it's really good, guys. Uh, I highly recommend it. Check out, uh, go to Pete's. You can get it whole bean. You can also, I think they'll grind it for you if you want them to so that you can brew it in your coffee maker. Um, I would recommend drinking it black, even though it is, it's a very like light brown, maybe like a, uh, a kind of amber color. Um, but drink it that drink it without any like milk or cream just straight it's very much like a uh i would describe it as a very rich kind of uh powerful tea like teas have a more subtle flavor whereas this one doesn't necessarily hit you in the face but it's it's kind of uh more flavorful than a a mild tea um and i love it i love it so much i want to do a full show with you about coffee at some point because i'm a guy who's a big fan of coffee yeah but for for as much a fan of coffee as I am, I know surprisingly little about it. Mm, okay. So you're my you're my guy that knows a lot about coffee. So at some point, maybe I need you to educate me. Because if you're like, here, read this. I'll be like, okay. And I might go read an article or something. But at a certain point, my focus is going to drop way off like a goldfish. Yeah. Uh, so if we sit and you just lecture for an hour to me <laughs> about about coffee, I might retain some. Okay. I mean, I would, I, I really enjoy talking about coffee. I, I, so if you, yeah, I would be down to do either like a tasting or like just talk about the different varieties that I like, um, like origins and brewing techniques and, and like different, uh, mechanisms to make different kinds of coffee. That'd be so fun. All right. So we're going to put that on the calendar at some point. Yes, please. Especially when Pete's comes out with their like winter, uh, they're winter beans. Ooh, they're, they're like blueberry flavored. I probably, I think I may have talked about them on this show before. It's possible. Um, but they're very good, and I would love to have you taste those. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you into this week? What am I into this week? All right, well, I finally watched it, so we get to talk about season three of Daredevil. Ooh, all right, let's do this. Uh, this shit was great. Oh, yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I... I will go so far as to say, I think front to back, this may be the best Marvel Netflix season across the board. I would agree. 
Um, I think that like since we had all of the origin stuff out of the way and we've also been able to kind of sit with these characters, especially like you've gotten Kingpin in both uh, this show, in, in both in Daredevil and I think he was also in um, Punisher, was it not? Was not. You're thinking about all the Punisher stuff from season two of Daredevil. Okay, well either way. He did have a bunch of Punisher business to do. Yes. Um I, I like we we know who Wilson Fisk is. We know who Daredevil is. And now we get to like just splash around in this world. And they like even brought back some of the like loose threads from season one that like were just kind of hanging about. Like you you have so much of the baggage of all these characters. Uh, and you get like the best foggy I've seen. This w- and I don't want to I don't want to crap on Eldon Henson at all. He seems like an incredibly likable dude. This was the first season where Foggy felt like Foggy to me well, at yeah. all. And I thought he was pretty great. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't think it was ever a, uh, something that the actor wasn't providing to the character. Like, I think that like in all the seasons, he has done a really great job with the, the material that he's had. And I think that like they spent a lot of time dealing with Matt's stuff and he was always, very ancillary and and never really his own fully fledged character. But in this, like he had as much, um, as much weight and as much to do with like the resolution of the plot as any of the characters. And I, I felt like he was really able to showcase that like he wasn't just an extension of Matt Murdock. Right. He is his own character. Yes. Um, and I really loved that aspect of it. And, and like we get to like certain parts towards the end where um, you get this really warm feeling of seeing everyone interacting together. And I I didn't even know I was missing that until it happened. And I just I, I like felt so endeared to these characters. And there's this moment where where Foggy's like, this seems really great. And you're like, it does. Thank you, because this is really nice. I had that. I had that moment like at the very end, like when they're when they all get they they essentially won, right? Like, and they're they're sitting there together, and the, it's the it's the scene at the end where it's like you know a, Nel, a Nelson Murdoch and Page. Yeah. Um, and it felt yeah. I hadn't necessarily been thinking about it too much either, but that moment I went, oh my god, this feels wonderful. Yeah. This, oh, how nice for them. Good. Mm. Good for those crazy kids. Right. Um. I. My one thing with this season is that like I feel like it was this it was almost the same storyline as season one it's just like we didn't have to do any of the origin stuff um so like essentially we start out with daredevil being like I'm daredevil and we get and he's like I must punish myself and then we um and then we get like Wilson Fisk doing like behind the scenesy stuff. And ultimately it's like them two like trying to outsmart each other. And ultimately like we end where we end. Um, and like we got a little bit of stuff in between, but like it feels like the same exact arc, which I don't have a problem with. I just think that like it's interesting that like in order to make a good season, they had to essentially repeat the 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 story just with a little bit extra flair. 
What's interesting to me is I don't feel that it's a retread of the first season so much as a logical continuation of the first season. This feels like not the same arc again, but it's like we're still going on the same arc that we we had because Fisk goes to prison at the end of season one. We had to sort of take a break from for most of season two. Yeah. But even in there, I think maybe one scene together in season two, uh, Murdoch and Fisk. Yeah. We're still continuing that arc because he starts to put the pieces together of. I, I know who I think I know who this motherfucker is. Yeah. And then we just sort of pick it up in season three. Okay. Um, and I like that. Like it is ultimately, I think it's a very, it's a very different ending as well. Like, I love the fact that they have essentially now battled to a stalemate and they, I think they've both gone about as far as they can possibly go. Yeah. Like everyone's secrets are on the table. Like, uh, I, I love too, that it's like, they both have to take, take each other at their word that, okay, I won't go after Karen Page or Foggy Nelson, for example. Yeah. And Vanessa stays free. Vanessa, by the way, I fucking loved how they handled that character this season. Mm-hmm. Because you knew, like, once once she knows what Fisk does and she's that on board anyway, yeah. you know at the very least she's willing to tolerate, like, casual murder, for example. Yeah. But she, like, she's all in. Like, it was her idea to kill Nadim, another character who, like, at first I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because yeah. we spent a big chunk of that first episode, at the, at the like, the back half of that first episode, we spent a good chunk with him. Yeah. And I'm going, like, this is not, who is this man? What, <laughs> what are we doing? And uh, I ended up really liking what they did with that character, too. But it's ultimately Vanessa who says, well, why don't we just kill him? Yeah. Like, isn't it just easier to kill him? Um, so I love that it's like, okay, I will, I will essentially surrender to you and I will not, uh, seek out your compatriots for retribution and she stays free and they've taken all the secrets are out. Yeah. He's, and I love in their last moment, like he, Murdoch just literally pulls the fucking masks off, mask mm-hmm. off and they just look at each other. Um, as much as they can. Don't do that. <laughs> he's, he's daredevil, bro. He can quote unquote see. I know, uh, but just that's mean uh, is it i don't know it's accurate um, um but so like it's all and and he knows that uh karen killed wesley like he's got the information he's got the motivation yeah and he's got the leverage knowing full well like maybe they've tried to out murdoch before but now like he's got even greater motivation to take them all down than he did but I fully buy, and I think it's incredible that they were able to contextualize it this well. I completely buy that both parties will hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I think that's pretty excellent writing. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I, that was, when I said, like, it, it, yeah, when I implied that it was a retread, it wasn't necessarily, like, a big issue. It just felt like we ended where we started. But I guess, like, it has additional weight and consequences. This feels very much to me like... Especially in a world where, all right, they they had been pretty open about how they didn't think there was going to be more defenders. Then yeah. they cancel Iron Fist. Then they cancel Luke Cage. We've got another season of Punisher that's in the can and another season of Jessica Jones. I would not be surprised. And if anything, I'd be more surprised if this wasn't the case. I would not be surprised if this was the last season of Daredevil. Yeah. So if that's the case, I actually feel like this functions with the exception of the little tease right on the end, this actually functions fairly well as a closed ending for me. Yeah. What was the tease at the end? Bullseye. Oh yeah. Some, okay. So I want to talk about Bullseye this season who okay. is, even though they never call him Bullseye is very, very, very clearly intended to be Bullseye. Benjamin yes. Poindexter. What did, how did you feel about this character and the way this character was used? Um, 
I thought it was really interesting. Like I, I liked an alternate uh, portrayal of psychopathology where it's not just like someone who is like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill for fun. It's like someone who's trying to fit in society, um, but they just have, uh, 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 like, they, they're dealing with a lack of empathy or a lack of the ability to like connect with people. Um, so I really, I really liked that portrayal. Um, I f- feel like at first I wasn't necessarily on 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 board with him like donning the suit like but I feel like they eventually earned it I I agree like when I first saw in the promos that 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 was going to be the case that it was going to be of course they seem to be allergic to costumes for the most part yeah uh, on these shows which I always like that always but I'm like come on man like how many movies have uh, made a billion dollars where Captain America is dressed like the flag like we don't have to be afraid of costumes at this point right um so when I saw that I'm like all right well there's still a costume but like I really wanted to see the goofy like bullseye thing but I agree like really quickly they I felt really quickly they earned it like it makes perfect sense that like where Matt where Matt is in his life uh, trying to Especially like he's like, okay, I'm gonna kill Matt Murdock and I'm just gonna be he doesn't say I think I'm just gonna be Daredevil. Yeah. But that's kinda what it is. It's like I'm gonna let Matt Murdock die and I'm gonna be this. Right. To then see your face reflected at you, especially when you're grappling with the Catholic guiltiest of Catholic guilts. Yeah. That's and it it's come on, it's the devil. It's your face and the devil looking back at you at once. That's pretty uh, evocative. And I also like that we could sidestep the no costumes thing in the other direction because his black, the black non-devil suit is still very much a costume from the comic books. Right. And I really love that they put the, um, what oh. is it, the Mai Tai bands yeah, on? Yeah, the Mai Tai bands. So he's got the big exaggerated Frank Miller hands. <laughs> yes. That made me really happy. <laughs> um, but I liked, I really, and I'm, I'm also like... Uh, you know, I'm not a big let's take 13 hours to tell an origin story guy, whether it's a hero or a villain. Yeah. And my concern was, okay, I know he's not going to be in the costume. They're probably never going to call him Bullseye. So is this going to be a lot of... It's kind of how I felt about um, Punisher, if I'm being honest, like what they did with, uh, I think his name's Billy Russo, the guy who becomes Jigsaw. Mm -hmm. It felt like a lot of stuff that I was not super into. And then we arrived at a payoff where it's like, okay, we mess up his face. But then it's like, I saw set photos for season two. We're not even committing super hard. I want him to look like Dominic West in Punisher Warzone or I'm not happy. (laughs) Um, But I was like, all right, it's going to be a lot of kind of stuff that I'm not all that compelled by before we get to the good stuff. And is the good stuff, are they even going to go for the good stuff as hard as I want them to? Am I in for a slog in this regard? Yeah. I I was riveted by this entire story. And And I love the way they made... Like, maybe they've done an, an origin for Bullseye in the comics, but my favorite thing about Bullseye, he's just, like, he just throws stuff real well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, that's that was kind of enough for me for a long time. <laughs> that and, like, you know, Bullseye kills Elektra, and, and he throws stuff real well. Right. And he's he really is, like, Daredevil's opposite number. He's a really fun character whenever he pops up. But, like, yeah, there wasn't t- too much more than that to him that I had read, which is part of why I was, like, 13 hours of this. Yeah. Riveted by every every part of it. And watching the two of them play off each other, watching his relationship with Fisk develop, and then Mm -hmm. watching how eventually they figure out how to play the two of them against each other. Yeah. Which leads to that last... I want to talk about the fights this season, too. The fight in the finale at Fisk's penthouse. Oh, yeah. Where, in a way, Daredevil and Kingpin have to team up, in a sense, to try and stop this dude from killing Vanessa. Right. Well, the thing I like about that is that, like, Poindexter is used 
by everyone. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, uh, Matt Murdock, because they're, they're drawing this line uh, throughout the show about how Murdock isn't so different from Fisk. And so, like, in the end, they kind of show that in that, like, Murdock also uses um, Poindexter in order for his own means. He's like, all right, I'm going to throw this bull into a china shop to distract so I can get into the penthouse. Um, and it's like, that is, bro, you're, you're skirting that line between good and bad dude. Like, you, you got to start thinking about what, where your morality lies, you know? Um, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect, that even up until the very end, like, you don't get that shift in in Matt Murdock towards being a good in the in uh, in the world and like Matt Murdock is needed way more than like Daredevil ever will be cuz Daredevil is fisty fisty fisk that sounds weird that's super weird yeah but i get what you yeah. get, although you could argue that fisk is fisty fisk in at least one way we've seen on screen <laughs> i guess that's true he t- i love that he's having a bad night so he's just like Give me your jacket. And his boy's like, okay. And immediately Fisk just wraps it around his head and beats the motherfucker to death. <laughs> That's pretty fisty. That's true. He's he's all about those fists. Um But yeah, you were talking you were you mentioned the fights. Oh and so good like, gravy. So last were, week yeah. I mentioned that there was a really cool something sequence. Yes. Um I said and it was an episode. You said five, five it was but four. It's Although four. five, so like, five. Has, yes. The first meeting between Daredevil and um, bullseye, which is, which I thought was really cool. And five also has the, you get a lot of the bullseye origin stuff, Yeah, which I thought like, and again, it's like, fuck, it's an origin within an origin. God damn it. You fuckers. And they still find really interesting ways to depict it. As Fisk is learning more about him, we sort of step into bullseye's history with Fisk. And I think the way they depict all of that, all the different technical choices they made were really interesting. It kept it, it kept it from being stale or rote. It felt Mm -hmm. very very sharp and very alive um for for though yes for has uh this the ex- so daredevil is known for their like one shots or their like single take long sequences and so we got the the original one in in season one where it's the hallway fight and it's one take and he arrests the kid in episode four and this one they take to the next level and that like I, I i don't think that they necessarily cut from the moment he like leaves the cab to the moment that he goes back into the cab. Like he, he tells the guy to wait, he goes into the prison and then they just, it's, it's mayhem from then on. I want to go back and see, I want to time the sequence cause it's long, man. Yeah. Like it's, it, there was a point at which I was like, wow, that's really impressive. Fuck. That was a cool sequence. Oh my God. It's still going. Oh yeah. That happened. I swear to God three times. Yeah. Because it has, it has in and of itself uh, a number of different acts within this single take in that because like, we st- right, we'll go. We'll be doing a big long fight, yeah, and then we'll go right into a scene, yeah, and like a dramatic fucking plot moving scene, and then we'll go right back into the fight. Mm-hmm. And, what once or twice, and it's yeah. all still one unbroken. Now I'm I'm sure there are cheats somewhere. Right. I know there are, if you look for them, like in the hallway fight in season one. If you really look and like you can catch where the cheats are, yeah, still impressive. By the same token. You can clearly tell if you're looking for it, where, the the spots where they swap out Cox and the Stuntman. Well, yes, of course. But I think those little switch outs, like, that's cute. Like, that's yeah. super lo-fi, uh, really cool, like, creative filmmaking. And so you don't, I'm so charmed by it as opposed to going, that's not him. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think that they're very clever. Like, there's there's one where essentially you 
they throw him behind a, a hospital bed. Right, and then and Cox then, like, crawls goes out. Down. Yes. Which is like one of the oldest tricks in the book, and it's so effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, I was insanely, insanely, insanely impressed by that entire sequence. Yeah. Um, also want to talk about the church fight, which worked equally well for me, just in a very different way. Like, yeah. I feel like they built the story to that point so insanely well. We've got then a full, like, open display of bullseye's abilities and it's also the whole thing is very so they i assumed in season two where we got that scene where it seemed like fisk was definitely putting together that matt murdoch is daredevil i started like a lot of people did it's like oh my god so when they come back for season three are they going to do born again and they they sort of did but didn't they they were able to kind of have their cake and eat it too but the church fight in the comics uh Karen Page is killed, much in the same way that Father Lantham uh, unfortunately perishes yeah. this season. Um, but like the stuff with like Matt Murdock's mom, for example, like that's from Born Again, and yeah. the stuff where Karen Page uh, basically gives away Daredevil's identity. The stuff about how how dark Karen Page's past is yeah. uh, that's all out of Born Again, and of course we we remix it a lot uh, uh, for this season. But you build to that scene, that church fight, and it, it like that's as Daredevil to me as this series has gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love that entire sequence, and I love that like I am kind of glad we didn't kill Karen. I kind of assumed that's where this was going because yeah. that's what happens in the books. I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. I really like their dynamic, but I do like that we have an inversion of uh, the image from Born Again where Karen Page dies in Matt Murdock's arm mm-hmm. uh, at the at the end of that sequence, like Matt's beaten to shit. And it's him in Karen's arms and what looks like a pretty close recreation of that image, which I dug a lot. Yeah. Um, but no, that fight, like a, a buddy of mine was watching it, like watched it a little bit before I did. And I assumed like I wanted to hold off on talking to you about it so that we could talk about it here. Yeah. But that after that, I was like, um, dude, that like, holy shit, dude, that this like church fight. And he was like, dude, you remember like two days ago when we were chatting and every two or three minutes, I was like, dude, daredevil. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like that. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that yeah. tracks. No, it's uh yeah, I I was pretty blown away by this. Yeah. This frankly was the first time in a long time that I've actually felt compelled to binge something. Oh really? Yeah, like even shows that I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I want to watch it. I get through like two in a day and I'm like, yeah, I'm good till tomorrow probably. Right. This I just like I was up all night a few nights ago and I just I half the season yeah. in one sitting. Because it, I was so like it's it's definitely um I think it's definitely their best paced season. Yeah, like, I would agree. I think I think both uh, the first season of Daredevil and Jessica Jones are both pretty excellent. Yeah, but both shows, in hindsight, like the kind of last chunk of the season for at least two episodes, they they spin their wheels pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that happened in this season at all. No, I would agree. I actually, um, I was getting. I think I got halfway through and and felt like I was like yeah there's there's more story to tell um you, there are enough characters to balance between their different storylines to like fill in the amount of time because usually I feel like you the way that these shows have gone is that like the the adversary is beaten in the first half and then like maybe someone new comes in or like this the second half is the adversary rebuilding themselves and then coming back and then you get your final battle but this time they managed to like do a slow burn um, leading up and everyone had their, their own like individual, like ABC D storylines that you could like really dig into that only helped to supplement the bigger portion. Yeah. I literally same friend that I'm talking about. Like I literally shot him a message after episode 
11 and I was like, how can there only be two more of these? Yeah. Cause it felt, and again, like in those two, they did an incredible job, I think wrapping everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't felt that about, I mean, I don't want to pick on anyone specific, but I haven't felt that about a Netflix show in quite some time for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I, I dug the crap out of it. I want more of this. Like now I really feel weirdly, even season two of Iron Fist made me go, I'm kind of bummed this is canceled because I think they could go some really great places from where they left it. Yeah. Uh, they won't now. Um, I would be bummed if we don't get any more of this show, but I think if we don't, yeah, it was a really great closed ending with a little like, ah, his eye is a bullseye in it at the, at the end. Um, my my big thing is like my hope my hope is that these shows are being allowed to end so Disney can do something with them on their platform. Yeah, I don't know what the odds are that they would keep any peace from these iterations, especially since the tone of these does not really meld with their whole family friendly jam. Yeah, uh, I really feel like the biggest waste would be D'Onofrio as Fisk, who I, I really do that. Technically these shows are not in the MCU anymore, no matter what they told us up front. Um, although the, in Iron Fist season two, they name dropped Sokovia, which is fun. Oh, nice. Um, but I really do think, uh, he is one of the best things to come out of any live action Marvel adaptation. Yeah. I was going to say post Iron Man, but no, I'm going to say ever. Like, I, I really don't think you were ever going to find a better Kingpin than that. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that if they were to bring him back, it, he'd be best served in, like, Spider-Man. He, and he was originally like a, a Spider-Man villain. Right. So, like, and we have, I think, one more after the, the, the next Spider-Man that's going to be coming out. So, like, they might as well integrate him in somehow. Like, if, if there's anyone who's, like, transferable, it would be him. I'd hope, but again, he's one of the most sadistically violent characters on that show. So it's like, you could, you could definitely water that down. Right. But I don't know if they're, again, it's like, I don't know if they're going to want to like dirty the mouse water. Mm, maybe. I mean, if, yeah, if, if he's just doing things from jail though, then everyone else is doing his dirty work and it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to like smash any skulls. I would even say, you know what? I would even say you don't need to reference any of the events of Daredevil. Like maybe you just take that character. Yeah. You kind of like, you know, you allude to his violence without depicting it in such graphic detail. Right. And it's just Kingpin doing King. It's like where he is in season three of Daredevil or like mesh where he is in season one and season three. Yeah. And he's just out there fucking Kingpin of crime, Wilson Fisk. Right. And you just keep D'Onofrio. Yeah. And not to, I really like all of these actors in these roles for sure, but I, it would make me very sad to not see him get to do that again. Cause I think that's about as perfect a translation of that character of any character from comic book page to the screen that there has been. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that like if Disney was smart, they would at least do like little movies, like little defender movies. Well, now what they're doing is like they're doing MCU series for their streaming platform. Like you saw, they announced a Loki series, right? Yeah, I saw. Oh, you seem mad about it. I don't, I'm not mad. I just don't get it. I don't know why. What, like what, what is that character going to do? Like what? What is he gonna do? Well, he probably. I mean, he, he's he's dead. So like, yeah. I mean, presumably dead. you could tell like a period. You could do like like Black Widow. They're doing a period movie, presumably. 
So you could do that. Or, you know, maybe they save him in Avengers 4. Maybe Thor is like, I'll give my life for you even though you're a dick. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to use the dragon balls and I'm going to bring him back from the underworld. I just like, I just like th- just the dragon balls. I just like Thor being like, you can have my place in this franchise. I'm going to make men in black movies. And the Roosters are like, Chris, that's not the line. Men in black. Chris, all right. We'll just, we'll just have somebody dub it over. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have Ruffalo do a Hemsworth impression. And well, we'll I mean, just... They're like an infinite, a number of uh, Hemsworths. They're like, we'll just bring in uh Gale or Liam. Gale. Gale. He was Ga- Liam Hemsworth was Gale in, um, in hunger games. Got That's, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't know what a Loki series would be. He's charming, cool. I think you could do a lot. If you make it a story that has nothing to do with Thor, because we've done that now three times, um, you could do stuff. But it's it's really, clearly it's more about selling a super bankable character than it is about selling a story at this point. But, you know, I, I trust those folks. Okay. But in a world where they're, well... I don't know. I guess Wilson Fisk was not in a movie that made $2 billion. So there's, I guess that's maybe the difference. Yeah. But you know what? If they had put him in Infinity War, he would have been. That's true. I, I, I also would like a, a Defenders versus Loki movie or something. Just like, hey, I want to, I want to. He's like, I want to rule New York. I, I, Again. I miss New York. And they're like, we weren't there the first time, but we're going to stop you this time. And he's like, I'm a fucking god. I can do this. I'm from Liverpool. He doesn't sound like that. He does sound like that. That's how Loki sounds. Loki. I'm, I'm Loki. I've got a hole in my pocket. Ooh. Oh, man. This is my girlfriend. Her name's Yoko. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. So... Uh, I feel like I like should... that. I like that your John sounds a little more like Ringo. Yeah. Um, we should wrap <laughs> up. Um, but do... anyway, yes, it dug the crap out of Daredevil season three. Yes, it would, was very good. Would love to watch more, but again, like I don't know how you top this, frankly. Uh, yeah, I don't think it needs more. I think it like reached its logical conclusion. I think it's it's fine. It's fine. Let let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, uh, or uh, put them all in a movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down for a Defenders movie. Um, all right, guys. Thank you for joining us here on Missing Out Mondays. Um, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Lex Michael, where can they find you? I'm all over two places, Twitter and Instagram, at the Lex Michael. Awesome. You can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y on both platforms. You can also find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. And make sure to hit us up on the Missing Out hotline if you'd like to be included in this segment. Tell us what you're into. Give us your name or what you'd like to go by, where you're from if you want, but mostly what what you like, if you have any thoughts about things that we've talked about. Um, that number is 978-MISS-OUT. That number again is 978-MISS-OUT. Participate and congratulate. Um, also, if you feel like you want to give us feedback on how we're doing, you can go to iTunes or Google Play Store or iHeartRadio. Leave us uh, a, a comment or a review. Uh, give us them sweet, sweet stars. Five stars if you love what we're doing. Um, and let us know what you like. Um, so, all right. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about the 1992 classic, Glen Gary Glen Ross. 
Um, so watch it, or just if you've seen it, join us. Or as Kari calls it, gurgle, gurgle, Larry. Pretty much. That's I, my, my tongue doesn't like saying it. Too many G's. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, tune in tomorrow, uh, and it will be fun. That's that's my closer. Fun, fun, not guaranteed. It's true. I mean, what we may have fun is your mileage may vary. <laughs> no, goddammit, you're gonna have some fun. <laughs> Just grabs you by the lapel. You're gonna have so much fun. Bye. <laughs>